0: If you worry about your own or someone else's mental health, don't remain unannounced. Start the conversation and access support. Visit help for a list of services. This week's episode of Unannounced is probably brought to you by Borders by the Bay. Be sure to join the movement by using the code unannounced 15 at the checkout for a cheeky discount off your order. On this week's episode, I was lucky enough to sit down with Joey Edwards, owner of Unwracked Strength and Conditioning. Joey and I spoke about his childhood, business adventures, education, and how he's managed to turn his life around after spending time in prison. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast Joey, Um, usually I just like to start by getting the guests to give us a bit of a background on themselves, so sort of their school, sport and childhood and usually yep. just go from there.
1: Yeah cool, I grew up mainly in, in Tasmania down in South Arm uh, from a family of uh, nine kids, all from the same parents, so family of 11, I'm the middle, uh, so grew up in South Arm, we did move to Canberra for a couple of years, so during our childhood, so moved around a little bit, I was actually there when I was... Uh, Really young, but I can't remember that period. So I think I was maybe two for Dad's work. He was—he's a police officer. So for Dad's work, we moved over, and then um, the trip I, or the the time we moved that I do remember was when I was in uh, grade three. Yeah, went over from grade three to grade six. Yeah. That was a really good time. So great memories of um, of South Arm, five acres down there, um, heaps of brothers and sisters, obviously to play with and stuff, and into into every sport. There's always someone to play in cricket or footy in the backyard, and then in uh, Canberra was different again. Didn't have the five acres, but it was the first yeah. time I'd lived in the suburbs, and you could jump on a bike and just go
0: anyway, anywhere. Yeah. So I
1: used to get to get on the bbx and just hoon around. It was yeah. awesome. So that was that was where we spent was getting so moved back when I was twelve, and um, and went to Rose Bay High. Went there for three years, and and only left because I'd started playing. Uh, I used to play soccer as a kid, <clears throat> um, and only left because I pl- started playing indoor soccer with some of the Clarence boys. Yeah and and they're like you joined our team down at the action indoor sports center which was uh where everyone used to play indoor soccer it was awesome it was of uh, an afternoon it was it was rocking and so made to Clarence for my last year of uh of high school so yeah. it was great it was grade 10. and and sport wise um i was yeah. a kid used to swim so used to do squad uh back at the old clarence pool um yeah, yeah. when it was the bu- when it was yeah. the bubble though so Get hot was, yeah, oh, yeah man yeah. um so that was you know just just our mum was always in the water and and then most of us all sort of went through went through squad swimming and then a bit of hockey and and then when we went to to canberra that was uh it was the first sort of time i'd seen rugby and the school the primary school had a a rugby union team and um we used to play rugby at, at lunchtime. afl was like non-existent nobody even talked about afl in primary school over there so we started started throwing the rugby ball Around it at lunch and stuff, and played a bit of rugby union for the school, which was fun. When when we moved back to to Hobart, I needed to find a sport. I stopped swimming. Yeah. I remember just one morning with swimming. Even at a young age, you have got to do those early morning yeah. sessions, and it's just so many. You know, for a, for a kid, might. Hats off to the ones that stick at it. One morning, I remember just going, "Oh no, I don't feel like going today." Yeah. And didn't really do any swimming for um for a while after that. Not, not that I went very far with it or anything, but um, um, actually my brother, I would rather laugh at this, but my my highest representative level in uh, in swimming was uh, for the ACT and the school boys. I was 12 yeah, and got the full tracksuit and everything. And I was, <laughs> mate, I was stoked. So, you know, you saw those kids walking around with uh, state tracksuits. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted a tracksuit and finally got one, which was, yeah. which was awesome. So played a bit of soccer for a couple of years um, and then eventually moved to footy. Yeah. yeah. When did you start playing footy? So it was uh it was actually in in grade ten. So I played soccer for yeah, for three years, Hobart Olympia, which was awesome. And then like I said, the, the, the blokes that I was uh, knocking about with around around 15-16, um, they all played footy. And so a group of us went over to, to Linda's farm, and that was my first year of football when I was I was no good. But um, it was it was cool. First year of footy. Um, I liked any sport, liked playing every sport. So first year of footy there, the year after that. A few of us went to Clarence for under seventeens and, and stuck there for a few years. Under seventeens, under nineteens, and then eventually played some senior footy there. When did you sort of wrap that up? I got a I got a neck injury. I went from Clarence, played a couple of scenes like some, some great football. Yeah. like, you know, it was really cool. The best coach I best coach in sport I've really ever had is, is probably Brendan Bolton. Mm. And he he wouldn't know that the impact that he had but 19, first year of senior footy. He's a really good teacher, but he just made you to believe that you, made me think I was, yeah. I was good enough to yeah. play, at, at whatever. So, so it was, it was really good. Brendan Bolton. No wonder he went on coaching yeah. in the AFL because I just, I got so much out of him. He just made you feel like you're on a, on an AFL team. Really, yeah. like you know, he introduced. Uh, Lots of stuff, you know, lots of recovery and, and, and taking your, your your training and your football to the, yeah. the next level. And I was always I was always into the gym and fitness side of stuff, so I really liked that yeah. side of it too. Played a couple of years at Clarence, went down to to Lauderdale the year Windy went down there, and you know. I was, I was 20 at the time. Played, I played two years down there. But I had a, a neck injury, so I, I had a disc in my neck. Um, and I was playing footy, I didn't even know. So I think I was bombing around in the East Coast Bombers. And I had this pain in my shoulder, thinking that it was a shoulder injury. And um, I remember getting massage and stuff on it, and I was still playing with it. Long story short, I, I end up getting a scan, and it's I've got a herniated disc, and I yeah. go and see Steve Reed, the doctor, and he goes, no, "I think you better go see a surgeon." So I go see the surgeon, and I was with my dad, and um, I think you know I must have been twenty-one or twenty-two. He was just sitting there and just said, like, to me, and he was just like, oh, so you won't play football again, uh, you won't play contact sport again, and you won't do this stuff in the gym again, and blah, blah, blah. And I was in the gym all the time. I was playing footy, you know, like, and I just remember, like, tears rolling down my cheeks because he just said it plain as, no mucking around, whatever. And being that young and being super active and stuff like that, I, that was the last thing you wanted to hear. I was like, oh, shit. They, they talked about surgery and stuff, you know, and I was lucky. I took, like, nine months... Nine months off, couldn't work or anything. But yeah, like I said, I was, I was really lucky. The the disc sort of got absorbed by the body, and yeah. and slowly started doing a bit. I was back back in the pool swimming and riding the bike, and and before you know it, I was back in the gym. and Ended up coming back and playing just a couple of games of footy, and then kind of just called it quits after that. That was that was enough. And it was at the same time I was really starting to take the the personal training job a bit more serious, and I just couldn't really fit both yeah. things in. I, was, I I remember being there, and as much as I missed playing sport and stuff. You know, being injured when you can't do something—I'm sure you've had injuries yeah. and stuff. I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? I just miss being able to exercise. Mm. And I sort of knew at that point that—that that told me what to do, didn't yeah. it? It doesn't yeah. really matter about footy as long as you're active. And yeah, that's sort of sort of when I stopped playing sport really altogether. And
0: we'll go back a little bit. So obviously, like you mentioned earlier, you grew up with nine um, <laughs> nine siblings. I've got a I've got a household of eight kids, eight siblings. You know the chaos. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> what, what was that like for you personally, being the middle, yeah, middle child? Yeah, middle child. What was yeah,
1: that like? Um, I had always had. I had enough older ones picking on me mm-hmm. and enough younger ones to pick on me. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how it was. Yeah, it was a, it was, a, it was a, probably a bit chaotic. For me, it was like normal. Mm-hmm. So like I said, we've got five acres down there, all this land, you know, big games of backyard cricket. Um, I was a, I was a massive sook, yeah. a bad sport. Yeah. So, you know, my brothers used to um, bowl leg side and make me do a hook shot. Yeah. knew that's what I was going to do and get me out. Yeah. And I used to chuck the bat and just, you know, um, so I was easy to stir up. But you know, you get it. You you, you give as good as you get. Yeah. I suppose of that stuff. And you know, Mum would go go off to the shower, and then it would just be on. Yeah. There'd be you know, you getting punched or punching or. But I, I suppose all that was was normal. Or it, beca- it felt yeah. normal. And I, I, like other families, I suppose that were had you know an only child or only two kids or whatever. We don't know what that was yeah. was going to be like. For, you know, little things like like I had a, I had a great childhood. And yeah. I always tell parents that like our childhood was just awesome always someone to play with always something to do um we never got bored um especially being down down when we're in south arm yeah you got the beach you got you know we like i was only i caught up with my brother the other week and he was reminding me like they made dune boards i I was probably too young and too crap at that stuff i couldn't (laughs) have a skateboard or anything but there was always something to do always a tree to climb or yeah and always something to play with so childhood was was awesome but yeah full-on mm. always something happening and a full house like i didn't get my own room until we we moved to canberra because the dad's job he got a better job and they left a few yeah few of the brothers and sisters <laughs> back here yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people to move but yeah. you know you're always sharing a room mm. yeah no really cool childhood was, was was awesome
0: obviously growing up with that many siblings i know me personally growing up with that many siblings has had a huge impact in my life and yeah not only I guess teaching me what I want to do in life, and like, but also helping me with, I guess, talking to people and yep. like being open and all that sort of stuff. Do you, how much of a role did, sort of did that play in your life?
1: Oh, look, I think um, it's made me probably work to stand out. I yeah, suppose yeah. being in the middle as well, um, so you need to do something to stand yeah. out. And I think uh, that's just happened naturally. I haven't tried to or anything, mm. but that's sort of the nature of the beast. You've yeah. got all those people there, and you need, to, yeah, you need to, yeah, you need to outdo someone <laughs> yeah. in something. So. Yeah. I think that's sort of come out and probably always trying try to be a little bit louder. Yeah, 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 <laughs> just so you heard, but there was another family that lived out on the same road as us. They went to St. Virgil's. Remember, we used to play hockey on a Saturday and they used to go get Maccas yeah. after a yeah. game. And for, for us, like with that many kids and, yeah. and it was, Dad was the only one working, McDonald's was like, you know, I I knew the times we got McDonald's, it was 50 cent junior burger night yeah. on a Tuesday, which was awesome. So Mum <laughs> yeah. had a combi. File into the into the car and 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 we'd to make us on Tuesday night because they were fifty cents back then. So I, I, I've got really clear memory yeah. of getting those. And what we used to do was shoot down to to Coles and get the sliced cheese yeah. and make it a cheese. <laughs> 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 but you know, little things like yeah. that. Where other families probably were Wouldn't used have to have having, say, yeah. McDonald's. Yeah. It was like, man, that was like you see that on TV and then when you get it, you're like, wow, yeah. this is like unbelievable. You know, I still remember the time. I don't people think I'm a junk food addict, but I remember the time my brother brought home he had his license, but he brought home a real KFC drumstick. My, 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 had this rule no chicken in the house no fish in the house never cook chicken never cook fish still to this day she's like that so chicken was like the hell chicken we'd only see it on the ads on tv yeah. it was just the coolest thing ever yeah. so little things like that i suppose with my childhood are, u- are unique because that's just how that's how mum was and so yeah. that's how that's what we got exposed to yeah yeah
0: you touched on earlier about obviously being with so many siblings you had to do something to stand out what was school like for you? Because well, I know personally with the whole standing out thing at school, I had to do something to stand out as well. To, like, yeah. I always wanted to be that person in the room who'd make everyone laugh and <laughs> be the center of attention. So what was, I guess, school like for you?
1: Yeah, school. Um, look, I, I guess from from a, a young age, because we moved, so we were at Southampton, we moved to Canberra, you yeah. know, and then we moved back. I guess I found it relatively easy to make new friends. And sport, you know, being okay at sports obviously helped. So... First day at school, I remember down at um, when we'd moved to Canberra. I think it was the very first day of school. We roll in, and then I get asked, "Oh, you want to come kick the kick yeah. the footy or kick the rugby ball?" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, no dramas, because you can do that stuff, and it's yeah. really easy to make friends." So I guess that that really helped. And and in going forward, I guess that's probably helped with, with work and stuff yeah. that you you're just used to meeting new people, and it's not such a, a big daunting thing as opposed to someone that's been in the one spot the whole time one school the whole time hasn't been exposed to that so i guess indirectly that really helped didn't know it at the time but but looking back now i think oh yeah we dodged around a bit and and it wasn't i always had i always had friends so i guess that helped
0: so obviously high school primary school high school and then college
1: (laughs) college uh man i went to went to rosny i think you know it might have lasted about half a term mum and dad have come to me they got a letter saying all the absences mm. and i wasn't the worst i mean i remember getting to rosley college and the teacher goes so there's no bell here it's up to you to go to class yeah. and um, we're not going to make you and i thought you beauty that means we can just hang out at eastlands yeah. or at the cafeteria no one's going to make us go to class and and that's exactly what happened yeah. just just sort of bummed around really for half a term of college and, and then it got to a point dad's dad's sort of got the like, mum and dad grabbed me and said you're not going to school what's going on because I just you just sleep in and just miss classes yeah. just because sitting in the classroom really wasn't for me anyway yeah. like I didn't really even in grade 10 I didn't really enjoy it that much I didn't know what I wanted to do but I just knew that being in the classroom I just didn't find it yeah, yeah. study was always hard and then Dad's like, you know, if you're going to stay at this house, live at the house, you have to get a job. You can't yeah. just bum around. So I was like, okay. And they looked at apprenticeships that had come up. And I went and had a meeting with the assistant principal, Dad and me. And there was this painting apprenticeship. Not once in my life did I ever think, oh, I'll become a painter. Yeah. I said, like, yeah, I'll do that, you know, painting apprenticeship. Just because, you know, I had to do something, I had to work, thought, oh, that'd be all right. Earn a bit of money. i get the weekends off still. Yeah whatever so did a painting apprenticeship (laughs) how long did that go for (laughs) four long years yeah Yeah, four really long years yeah hardly touched a paintbrush that's sort of the the running joke because i just remember sand getting sandpaper and sanding stuff until my fingers were bleeding and like i was like you know i had no fingerprints left yeah didn't didn't really enjoy painting at all really did my did my apprenticeship and probably stuck at it i think maybe for six months or something after the apprenticeship but maybe a year i don't know maybe not long though yeah and, and didn't really enjoy it at all <laughs> yeah so i sort
0: of want to go back to the whole i guess at rosny where they had no like the bell i think yeah so when I was obviously deciding what college I wanted to go to, I ended up going to Guildford Young. So I was gonna to go to ec but I guess that was one of the things that sort of turned me away where obviously some other people would say that differently, but there wasn't any real structure with schools like that. Yeah. It's like given the opportunity to to go to class whenever you wanted. There was yeah. no real bell and all that sort of stuff. I don't think me personally it doesn't it wouldn't have worked for me. Nah. And I definitely wouldn't have gone to school, so I can see sort of where yeah you, you were at. Do you sort of feel like if there was more of a structure, it would have sort of helped you out a little bit more?
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I think if if you were made to go to grade twelve, like I I look back now and yeah, I didn't I didn't finish my schooling and stuff. You know, I didn't finish college. Yeah. I didn't I hardly started college, but I kind of wish I did. Yeah. Um. Especially with you know, like at that age, like, and I always think of myself as I was probably a couple of years mentally, just yeah. you know, I hadn't matured. Yeah. So. I was like, doesn't matter. Um, where other kids were like, you know, they knew what they wanted to do. Mm. I was, yeah, just sort of floating floating through, I suppose. And I, it would have been good, especially with, like I said, not being mature enough to make a good decision at yeah. that time. If you were made to finish grade 12, I think that would have been great for me mm. because I later on, it opens up a lot of job yeah. opportunities. And and at that time, you know, I didn't think, oh, I'd love to be a police officer. I'd love to be a paramedic, I'd love to be um, a fireman or, or all these jobs that you could possibly do. I wasn't thinking like that at that time. Yeah. I was in college, I was, you know, playing footy on the weekends and going, going to parties on the weekends and you're 16 and 17 and stuff. You just, I'm not thinking that far ahead. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, whereas if you'd been made to finish grade 12, then later on it would have been, I would have had probably more opportunity than what what I do. Yeah. With jobs that ask for that that sort of school. Who knows I might have gone to uni.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What would you I guess what would you have wanted to do if you if you did go to uni?
1: Look, looking back now I would have done exercise science yeah. or, something, or something like that. That would help with with the business I have now. Because yeah. even from a young age, I, you know, I remember getting my first set of dumbbells. Yeah, I got them from from Rowan Jarman. Well, it was Rowan Jarman, and then went to uh, A Mart what I'm pretty sure I went yeah. to uh, in town there in, in Elizabeth Mall. So it was a two story sports shop. I saw in the catalog they were 50 bucks for a set of dumbbells. I had yeah. no weights at home. And even from from a real young age I did like secret weights at home yeah. because it wasn't cool back yeah. back then. <laughs> yeah. So my first yeah, so I had this rubber band thing that I yeah. used to do curls on. It was grade 8 so I was 13 or 14 depending on what time it was, but but I went I went into town on the bus, grabbed a set of dumbbells, uh, bought this set of dumbbells. I was so embarrassed because I thought, "Oh, people are going to wonder what's this kid yeah. doing with with dumbbells?" Went to Sanity, yeah. which used to be the, like the DVD store yeah. I got pumping iron, which is the Arnold, yeah, serious set. Yeah. So I got pumping iron, I got this set of dumbbells, yeah. and I had this thought in my head that, so I had this backpack, it was a no-fear backpack, Yeah. it was pretty big, and I thought, yeah, this briefcase-looking thing of dumbbells is going to fit in there. Yeah. Anyway, I've got to put it in. Mate, it was twice the size of the yeah. thing, so I was not going to fit in. I think, oh, no. So I'm lugging this, you know, I'm 14, yeah. I'm lugging this briefcase of, of weights to the bus, I get on this this bus and I'll just sink, sit there thinking, I cannot wait to get home, yeah. just so people aren't thinking, what's this guy doing with these weights? Yeah. But no one would have even cared, but that was just how I was thinking. And got these dumbbells home and they went went under a bed and um, pumping iron went on the TV and off I went. Uh, why do you reckon, well, why were you so, I guess, not, not embarrassed, but worried about what people
0: were sort of thinking about you carrying weights? Because obviously, like you said, like now, now it's everyone a, works. Yeah, it's like right. If you don't work out, you, yeah, you're a clown and stuff like
1: that. 100%, but uh, you know, back then, I mean, none of my mates were Really doing it? If they did, I didn't know. It was almost it was almost looked at that age anyway. Almost looked like, oh, what are you doing those for? That's a bit weird, you know. And there was only only uh, not many people were doing it, and that's why. So it was a bit bit off, bit random, I suppose. Yeah, Um, probably more people were exercising than I realised. Yeah, you played sport, and that was it. So. I guess that's why, because I didn't know many, well, none of my mates were doing it. Yeah. I knew what I wanted, I wanted those dumbbells, I wanted yeah. them under my bed, and, yeah. and um, I, went, I went and got them. So that's probably why. So this is
0: the main section of the podcast. So it's just sort of, I guess, talking about a time you face a challenge, setback, or
1: failure, sort of how it affected you, what you learned from it, and sort of any advice you'd be willing to offer. So a moment for me. Yeah. Um, so there is, uh, there is. A, uh, I mean, you face many challenges, and, and, and I'll have heaps more to come, I'm sure. And you know the, and me hurting my neck back um back early was obviously that was a challenging yeah. um moment at that time and and then you know many like i said I'd, I'd hurt my neck and and um at that time too i i wasn't working i couldn't work yeah um i wasn't playing sport and so i uh you know had all this this time and and and, and nothing to do And and between the age of you know some people would argue longer, but. Um, between the age of 18 and, and 23, I got up to a fair bit of mischief, but nothing more or yeah. less than what most most kids do most of the time anyway. Like During th- that time, and I guess I got into a little bit of trouble o- along the way. you yeah. know, you're out on the town and or you go to parties, and me and, and the group of mates I was hang, hanging around with, we got into our fair share of, of um, scuffles and stuff. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing too crazy, but uh, there was a night... On the town and you know this is a, that would be a separate story all again so i don't need to go into the yeah. finer details and whatever and there was a there was an incident and we got into a you know a, str- a street brawl yeah um the bunch of them and a bunch of us so a lot of blokes before me have been in yeah. and a lot after will be but anyway we f- i found myself in this situation so from what i thought was just a, a you know a, a regular regular brawl that yeah. you know someone ended up getting hurt during the week after that i get a voice message on my phone it's detective robertson can you can you come to the station so i hadn't answered they'd gone to mum and dad's and asked where it was and mum tells them she doesn't know (laughs) good old Mum. and then uh and dad being a high-ranking police officer this was going to cause major headaches you know i'm sort of thinking oh no what's 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 this like i've actually you know i'm in trouble here you know, when the police are involved, it's yeah. a bit more serious. So, <clears throat> mum rings me and goes, look, the police have turned up at the door. I think you should go in and see them. I said, yeah, I will, I will. And so I go into police HQ. I, I ring the detective back and he says, come in, we've got to just ask you some questions. And me being, you know, I, don't, I didn't know um sort of the process you yeah. know because i wasn't i hadn't been involved in anything like this yeah. before i hadn't been questioned by the police or anything like that so going to the police station and before you know they conduct an inter- yeah. interview and asking questions and i tell them the story of the night and, and we go through that and, and sitting there at the end and you know so i said oh this is what happened and you know these guys this and blah 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 <clears throat> and he goes oh you know i see what you've said and from these witness accounts you can yeah. see how we're going to have to charge you and you know before you know it you know you're taken down to the bottom of the of the police station there they they do your fingerprints and I, like i said i didn't understand the process i didn't actually understand that hang on a second you're being arrested but it's not like you see people getting handcuffed and dragged into the yeah. car yeah, yeah it's like you know, essentially you're under arrest yeah. and then you're bailed so yeah. you know you bail these your conditions of your bail and stuff And you know so i'm 22 I, I, I was so green i had no idea what was going on you know i'm probably the the first person that has had to do this but the detective goes to me "Ah, oh, you know your dad's upstairs yeah in this same police station yeah we'll take you back up to him if you like so i think oh okay yep so we get in the elevator so the same police officers that have just arrested me yeah. then take me up no, yeah up and i just go oh shit. at that time too i wasn't living at home i'd, I'd moved out years before and I wasn't that close to my parents at that time either so I guess from the age of 18 when you start going out and stuff to definitely 22 but even till I was about 24 I wasn't that tight with my parents you know and I wasn't that tight with any real members of my family either was earlier and then I guess through that four or five year period I definitely had a breakaway looking back now that definitely Moved me into a position, or moved me into a place where I could put myself in a position like I did on that night. Like I said, you can say, "Oh, I bet I didn't do this and I didn't do that and, and whatever," but at the end of the day, that none of that stuff matters. I take full responsibility about being in a position that I was in and and the consequences that came with that. So, so this incident has happened. So, sort of from from that point, I I, I got stuck back into work and, and nothing really changed that much. You're on, you're on bail, but. I don't know if you've you have had much to do with the, I hadn't had much to do with the court system, but it's a long process. You know, years went by and we were in and out of court. Me and yeah. my mates, it got to a point where going to court to, to be granted bail again, you stand yeah. there, say your name, see you later. At that time, I'd moved from working at Oceana and I, I'd got a job at All Aerobics and really picked up some, some really good work as a PT. So yeah. quickly became a, a busy PT there and I was working lots of hours day and night and I was also met some great people and, and I'd almost a little bit forgotten about yeah. all that. And because of... The way the night ran and, you know, the, the my recollection of it and what happened I didn't really think I had much to worry about yeah. what I was accused of doing or we were accused of doing as a group and what had actually happened yeah. those stories didn't match up so me think not knowing the way the courts work and, and all that stuff was like man I'm sweet this is gonna go to court or whatever or whatever's gonna happen with it I don't know but last thing I thought was gonna get in trouble for it so anyway I'm, I'm back working and, and doing all that stuff you know I think I was 25 so you know three years later not gonna happen in three years you know I've gone from not having much work and and being injured not playing sport to working lots of hours yeah. and, and really making a name for myself as a as a trainer and, and loving that career that I started to build. And then they came up with a a date that we're gonna to go to trial. Oh, okay, that's that's great that we go to trial because now I'm gonna be able to prove my my innocence and whatnot. I hadn't actually told many people at all. You know, my parents knew and and my mates and a couple of mates that I was that we were going to trial with knew. Yeah. But I didn't really tell anyone, no one really knew. Anyway, so we get to this, whatever week it was, it was actually, it was uh, it was just before Easter. I went to Queensland for a week. My brother lives up there, he's married up there. Luke was fighting in Toowoomba, yeah. a friend I used to live with and, and, and train with all the time. He was fighting in Toowoomba, so we went and watched that and I had yeah. a great week, so I come back from that week and then, then we go to, to trial. We were in court for a bit over a week, actually. Really long process, really long days. And going from working flat out at this gym I wasn't on the floor that week because um, didn't have time. You wake up. You get ready for your day in court. You go and sit sit in the box for a day. Yeah. Really boring, listening to all these details. A lot of time wasting. You know, the most interesting part of the day was going somewhere for lunch. Just deciding a different spot. So, yeah. spend this week in court, and and the more it goes, the more serious it sounds. Yeah. And, and the charges that we that police had laid on us were quite serious. You know, there was, was grievous bodily harm, common assault, and a fray. So they're pretty pretty serious. Like a fray is, you know, when people burn down a pub yeah. or something like. That. It's the Friday, and it's still not finished and i remember my lawyer saying to me now have a really quiet weekend you know yeah. don't. and you know even even at that point still it wasn't it didn't hadn't hit come back after the weekend was think it was the mon, it was the monday and um the jury goes out the back and they come back with their decision we're sit- sitting in the box and they say how do they find me on the common assault charge not guilty yeah <sighs> big sigh of relief and then they go through the three of us that were in the in the box and how do they find guilty of those charges uh, not guilty or guilty jury guilty so when I hear one of us get found guilty my heart goes boom. Yeah. I'll go, Got friends and family and people you care about in the in the courtroom and then a mate next to me how do they find boom, guilty and man I knew it was coming so I sort of looked around and and looked at my father who was in the courtroom and like pointing down as if we're going down to the bus being a high-ranking police officer having a son in that position like and it was at a bad time too because i I'd, I'd really just started to do yeah. some good things you know building like i said a career in the fitness industry and, and was a busy trainer had made lots of really good contacts at this gym and and you know it was loving life really yeah. to be honest with yeah. you love loving life and um and before you know it you're at the at the bottom in the prison bus and we're taken to remand so in the course of you know it happened really quickly this incident back years ago nothing really happens and then within two weeks you've done a court trial and you're locked up so he hadn't been sentenced so i go to remand and i thought you know i mean i was like i said i i'm very probably a bit naive i don't know what i'm walking into so i had no idea you don't see what you see on tvs yeah. and movies um so we go into the remand and, and there you're locked down for, for a lot of the a lot of the day it's inside it. and i thought that was it mm. i thought that's where we were staying so we go in and and um it wasn't till a couple of days later i realized we're going to the to the main bit and there's actually a lot more freedom yeah I hadn't been sentenced, so for, for two weeks we were a bit in limbo. Wasn't sure how long so we'd gone over to, uh, to Ron Barwick, Minimum Security Prison. So yeah, before you know it, you turn around, you're in your in your greens, and I was like, what the hell? You know, um, a situation that was so far away, hmm. being being a police officer, you know, it was a situation that was so far away from what I'd been exposed to or anything like that, and then I found myself in. Um, so I didn't know what the, what the process was or anything. And the first thing I was thinking was, I've got to get out, get get out of here somehow. Yeah. i mean, a bit of denial, but after two weeks, we go back to court. They sentence us, and yeah. and you know, I'm very lucky. I uh I had a 12 months. Of, uh, I got sentenced to 12 months, six of that suspended, yeah. and so you actually end up serving four months. Albeit, it felt like a really long four months for me, and a lot happened in that time for, for me. But in the grand scheme of things, compared to people and stuff that that's nothing so and and you know probably looking back i was, I was lucky that we got to go to the park that we went yeah. to and there was a gym to use and things like that so i'm um, definitely not here to tell a story about jail yeah. or anything no. like that i don't think i'm hard and i don't no. none of that stuff you know yeah. personally that position was a lot different to you know to anything that i had been exposed to and it was all very new and it was all I didn't know what to expect as you as you wouldn't I guess that time it's not that incidents things that went with that so that whole period finally finding a career that I wanted to pursue and and or, or actually was had work doing it um, was making money was lots like, so meeting people that I I hadn't met and, and really good contacts like I said and then having that go so you know that brief brief time away I came back and things just weren't the same yeah. I just wasn't going to roll back into the job I had yeah. or the life that I was living prior to that and I guess that was a real point where I think that was me being broken down to to, to think but you know that's it's not a, not a sob story by any means. But at that point too, I also had declared bankruptcy. The smallest amount of debt really was probably like twenty grand. Yeah. But I couldn't work, obviously. And dad's like, look, best off just um, you know, clearing all that, come out, clean slate and start again, doing stuff like that. It's yeah. like okay, cool. So at that point I'd gone from uh come out, I lost my job, I was bankrupt, so I literally really damned dull to my name. Lucky our parents that you know, supportive parents, yeah. I always had a food to have and stuff like that. I'm, but it was really a, a breaking down point and then obviously i'm going to try and dig my way out yeah. of that and that was probably the point the biggest point to date that i've had the biggest challenge yeah. i have faced personally
0: yeah i'm really glad you obviously spoke about that so i just want to give to tell you a bit of a story and sort of this ties into sort of the question i'm gonna ask so yeah. in 2017 i was um falsely accused of uh, sexually assaulting a girl and i remember when i when the police knocked on my door and they sort of said oh you need to come down and um have a chat to us at the police station and i can remember like like i said like what you were saying like that you can remember the whole night like what, what happened was yeah. definitely not what that's, that's been yeah. said and how your heart just drops and you're just like like what the fuck like this didn't happen and all that sort of stuff um i guess what i want to ask you is when you were walking into the police station what was i guess your mindset going in and then coming out and going to your dad's office knowing that, shit, my recollection of this night is nothing compared to what they're saying and I could seriously be fucked here. Like, yeah. Like my life could be going downhill real quickly. Can you just sort of touch on that?
1: Once again, being very naive and yeah. not knowing how things play out, I walked into the police station thinking, I'll give this interview. Yeah. These guys will hear my story of what happened and they'll see that, you know, it's different to, hang on a sec, I didn't just start a, fight or yeah. i didn't do this i was sticking up for this guy doing this and you know i was like no, nah, these these guys started a fight with us surely you can see that but that's just not how it plays yeah. out and it was a real quick learning curve on uh-uh, it doesn't it yeah. doesn't work like that so going in i thought i was just going to walk in say this and, and like i said very naive and then you walk out and you've been charged and you think hang on a sec why have i been charged what does it not matter what i say yeah you know obviously now, knowing what I know, you should get a lawyer straight yeah, away yeah. And, and do all that stuff. But they're just doing their job. Yeah. The police are just doing their job and, you know, they probably fully believed yeah. maybe what had happened or they had an idea in their head what they thought would happen. Yeah. Young blokes out on the pierce doing this, yeah. you know, whether or not it was the case, you know, we don't even need to go into yeah. that. But, um, yeah, really, yeah, just it panned out very differently to yeah. to what I...
0: You spoke on earlier, obviously, at the start, we're talking about your dad being a very high police officer. And even now, was this an element of, I guess, embarrassment, not only on yourself, but also like the name, like your dad's? Everyone knows your dad, your dad's a cop, he's very high up there. And to have his son be wrapped up in something like this, was there like an element of
1: embarrassment? You know, I'm sure you would never say it to me. I'm sure he was embarrassed. I'm sure it was, oh, I know it was a really hard time for him. Like all the other stuff, whatever, you know. Get in trouble, go no. away, do that stuff. That's not the bad part. The bad part was the shame I brought so, it to my yeah. parents. They love me anyway. Yeah. Sure, you know. But seeing my mum cry yeah. and me just thinking, I can't do anything about that. Seeing my dad just a, a shattered man. Yeah. Well, you know, I could tell something was up and it must have been very stressful for yeah. him. And I'm sure being in the position he was in, everybody knew yeah. oh, his son. And you know, a lot of people, you know, are quick to point the finger with anything. But you know, I'm sure a lot of people would quick to point the finger saying, Oh, look, at you know, he's done this or, or whatever, I'm not listening to a story or not understanding a situation. And for me, like I still to this day, like, and that's, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I've, I've managed to build a business. Yeah, It's doing something I love. But even now, one of the things that drives me daily is I want to never have them in a position like that again. And yeah. I really want to show them That, yeah, you've got a son you can be proud of. He's doing some good things. Could have gone either way. Mm. I'm sure for a period of time, their mum and dad thought I was a little shit, you know, especially in the early 20s. And I was a little shit, as a lot of people are. But unfortunately for me, it led into something, you know. So now, you know, I I felt super embarrassed for what I'd done, even amongst my brothers and sisters too, you know, Mm. like, you know, because I was the direct cause of that situation i was the direct cause of that pain that they had been in and 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 stuff so even now that's something that drives me i'm like you know no stuff ups you know do your best do my best to to make them understand that yeah you've raised a a really good son and and he's and he's doing great stuff yeah so yeah yeah, just i I guess not many people in dad's position police officers that would have found themselves in my father's position
0: so those four months were like obviously life changing can you sort of obviously mental health is a pretty big part yeah. of this podcast can you sort of just touch on your mental health from being rang by the police to go in and have that meeting having that trial going and then going away for a few months a few years and then starting the trial again yeah, going away to Queensland where you're having fun with your mates, yeah. and then going, okay, well, this trial starts next week. Fuck, you've gone from hundred to zero again. Yeah, can you just sort of touch on your mental health from like that whole yeah. timeline?
1: Yep. So, um, initially, uh, when when we finally got charged, you know, it was I was I was really I had worry, but to be honest, for those next couple of years, it wasn't. You know, it became a thing that. Is this ever going to happen yeah three years at that age feels like a hell of a long time mm. and like i said a lot can happen in three years i mean, i'd moved gyms gone from having uh, just you know work, working at the, the footy club and stuff to, to being flat out and yeah. you know i was on a different path so you know it hadn't really affected me until the trial had come i thought i think was going great and even still thinking oh you know this this will finally get sorted out and everyone will finally see that this wasn't the case and, and i won't be in trouble and but that wasn't the case at all and and i guess mentally i don't i didn't know enough about mental health and i, I, I still don't know yeah. that much but i i know enough to know that i was super stressed had no control of what was what was going on i remember some nights i, I didn't even eat i would yeah. lost that much weight you know still trying to tried to exercise and stuff daily the ups and downs of that so my brain you know I wasn't sleeping well and and things like that And it wasn't until I started I was I was out and I was I was trying to get a job and or, or do all that stuff and I really noticed how low you can feel you know that was over I was I'd come out and, and then it the realization of oh things are a little bit different now you're gonna you know you're not gonna go back to working where you're at and, and you're gonna have to you know, you have know, got to start from scratch. But those low moments—that was probably the first time in my life I'd really, apart from when I hurt my neck and stuff, but really felt down yeah. and, and and looking for answers and maybe not having them. And, and you talk about mental health. Well, that's definitely a time when really noticed. Oh, this is a thing. So you, mental health, yeah, definitely the ups and downs. Um, yeah, interesting.
0: Obviously, coming out and then, like you mentioned, you had to sort of start everything again. Yeah. Declare bank bankruptcy. When did you sort of decide that I can either go two ways about this and I guess with everything in life, when you have a challenge or setback, I can either let it affect me for the rest of my life or I can sort of go, well, I have the people who believe me and that know the story, they know that everything that happened on that night and they're always going to help me and protect and be on my side and all that sort of stuff, not even being on my side, just yeah. know yep. your story. Yep. Or, and I'm just going to go on with my life and start a new business like you have. When I guess when did that flick Uh, that's which flick for you um so
1: i was down for for quite a bit you know you're you're unmotivated and i just remember lying in bed one morning and i was i was living with luke and i was just like i just started crying Mm. and just yeah just it all just became bit too much and and mum and dad actually flew me up to queensland yeah. just to just to escape for a week go stay with my brother and just go up there and just just to escape for a week just to have my head out of the out of whatever i was doing so came back from there and yeah and i was talking that was you know i'd had a, I had a break and i remember just lying thinking that nah, like you know something's got to change and luke was running a gym uh his gym um, and he's gone well, why don't you come and uh and she come come work for me. Yeah. So I've gone tried going back to all aerobics, and like I said, it didn't feel the same, and it wasn't going to be the same. Well, yeah. People had moved on, people were training with other trainers, and I was going, you know what? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. And um, for the next uh, five months or whatever, that's where I was. Was taking some classes. They're doing PT there, and that's kind of where my business started. It was um it was a business with, within a gym. Obviously that didn't, that's another story that didn't quite work out yeah. the way it was And the uh, way we we dreamt anyway. Yeah. And me and Luke ended up going going different ways and and that but that was definitely a a moment coming back having those uh, you know a little bit and then just deciding like you know I'm going to do something about this because you're in full control I was in full control of that you know I had an opportunity to go and work and I was lucky that people wanted to to come and, and get fit alongside me and learn things that that i could teach them and yeah so you know that probably was probably end up being close to two months until i actually went yeah sort of yeah just sort of floated by a little bit and was a bit mopey i suppose <laughs> anyway I had to get a shed didn't know what was going to happen got a shed and um and you're sitting in it right now Yeah, so welcome It's
0: big very big <laughs> and <laughs> it didn't
1: look like this when we got in it <laughs> yeah but um and yeah and 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 just started from there. Started from from like I said, from from very little, and you just sort of just you work in the hours, and you you just slowly grow your business, grow your business, grow your business. So, like you, I was always in control of how many hours I wanted to work. Whether yeah. I wanted to be there all day or not, and and because I had that opportunity, you know, I I do my best to make something of it.
0: There's a quote behind you right now. that sort of says, "Moving, keep your body moving." Did you sort of feel like you had to keep on going? Like if you didn't, you'd sort of just get stuck and just sort of go downhill and just sort of yeah. start thinking well fuck, what am i going to do with my life again like, yeah yeah
1: honestly like exercise for me you know sports great i love watching sport playing sport but exercise has always been the thing steering yeah. me in the right direction you know you can have the shittest day and go and do a, a, a session in the, in the gym and boom yeah. you see things a little clearly and i a little more clearer and i've always used it as a tool yeah so yes it's great you get fit with the, you know I've always used it as a tool to to get through tough times. So I guess being able to show others that is an awesome thing too. And that's, you know, like on top of teaching exercise, there's more to it than that and you can get more from it than that. So, you know, don't stop like as soon as i do it it can unravel pretty quick because it does keep you disciplined yeah. you know like having the discipline to turn up every day and, and and stuff like that so i really found that that was that's a pillar yeah. in in what i in my life exercise has always been it really keeps me on track yeah. and i find that without that you do feel a little bit lost but i know that with that with it with uh with exercise that's like sort of my thing yeah, yeah, yeah. which is which is really cool that i've been uh, uh, you know a career out of it, I suppose, and and have that. Yeah. Some some people don't have something like that. But I'm lucky that I that I do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks. thanks, thanks for sharing that, man. I really, really do appreciate it. Um have you spoken much about I guess what happened on that night and obviously everything that followed much or
1: is this sort of something
0: that you sort of kept?
1: Yeah, look, when people it's, a, it's you know, when people ask, yeah. you know, I'll tell the story, no dramas. Yeah. Um if they want to know. Some people, I'm sure, have no idea. Yeah. Some people probably have no idea that even happened in my life. And then some people have their own view and or have made up a story themselves. Or, you know, um, I think I fight a bigger battle in here, yeah. you know, in my own head of what people's opinions are and why they're like that. Because I can take it personally if someone has a view on me, you know, I think, oh, so you're going to take it personally, it's yeah. about you. But I think, oh, is it because of this reason? Yeah. Where well, they might not even no. know yeah. that I got into trouble, yeah. you know, at one time, time in my life. So when people ask or they want to know, I I, I tell them, yeah, this this happened in my life and whether anyone gets anything from it or not, you know, I'm not in control of that. But uh, I took ownership or, or, you know, I put myself in that position. That's what happened at the end of the day. Didn't have to be there. If I wasn't there, wouldn't have happened. So rightly or wrongly, you're still in that position. I really want to take, you know, ownership of being in that position and also ownership of changing the outcome too. So, you know, I started a business. You're in full control of that yeah so i I'll, I'll tell this i'll tell us you know if someone asks or wants to know yeah. i'm happy to happy to talk about it to them because yeah. they might get something from it i'm sure they probably got something they want to tell too yeah. you know um everyone's got one you've asked me this what's what's happened this is the, this has been the biggest thing for me but you know someone might have might have lost their dog yeah and that might be the biggest thing that's happened in their life too yeah. and it's not for me to say that well that's nothing um, yeah. well that's not as bad as this because for them it is and i think that's one thing that people Don't understand really well, especially when you talk about mental health and all the things that go with that. That incident to that person, whatever it is, that impacts them, and that's the that that, the feeling they get of they might not get the job they wanted. That feeling of missing out on their job is this is is just as bad for that person as what it is for me of you know of what I had. But that's only because it impacts you. So even though you think, oh, but that's not as bad. It is for them. Yeah. I think that's one thing people miss. Yeah. You know, they can't, they can't get wrap their head around it. But yeah, to understand that, yeah, for that person, that's that's why it's hard.
0: Yeah, mm. no, absolutely love that. Well, uh, before we wrap up, I just like to ask the guests to give us a bit of a quote or saying that sort of um. I guess they've lived through or they live by and something that
1: just I guess keeps them going. I don't have a uh, one quote. Yeah, but um, if you want to look up um, "Man in the Arena," yeah, it's a poem. I really like that one. Or uh, Invictus, you know what I get from that one is is you are in control of of what path you want to take. Well, uh, thanks heaps for coming on, Joey. I really really do appreciate it, mate. Thanks, yeah, thanks. Mate. Thanks for uh, thanks for hopping in, and we're only a few what is it <laughs> twenty minutes
0: away from, from you. Me getting the yeah, getting <laughs> melted in the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, mate. <laughs>